0: Welcome to On Water, the Session Magazine podcast. Here we talk to water athletes, entrepreneurs, scientists, and earth-friendly folks about the experience of a life well-lived connected to water. I'm your host, Evelyn O'Darity. Let's dive in. Welcome to another episode of On Water. In this episode, we speak with waterman Zane Schweitzer about the recent wildfires that destroyed significant parts of West Maui, including his hometown of Lahaina, as well as parts of Kula and Kihei. This natural disaster now carries with it the highest death toll Of any to ever occur on the Hawaiian Islands. Thousands of people have been displaced and hundreds more are still missing. To say that this has been a huge shock and great tragedy is a massive understatement for the people of Maui. And yet, in this episode, we hear from Zane the strength in Maui's community the speed with which the locals mobilized to set up their own aid stations, and the Hawaiians' resilience to maintain their lands and their culture at any cost. Tune in as we listen to one inspiring waterman, Zane Schweitzer, as he recounts the last eight days since the wildfires happened on Lahaina. I'm online right now with Zane Schweitzer, who is a good friend, athlete, local Lahaina native, and uh, Zane's been through quite a week and a few days. Um, Zane, I'm so happy to have you on the podcast with us.
1: Well, yeah, thanks, Evelyn. It's good, uh, good to be here.
0: Yeah, I wish I wish we were connecting under better circumstances. Um, But, you know, I just wanted to start by saying, you know, from all of us here at Session Magazine, you know, our hearts are with you and your family and your family's family and, you know, all the people that have been affected by this just unbelievable uh, disaster with the wildfires on Maui. So tell me, how, um, how are you doing? Like, how did your family fare in all of this?
1: well in all honesty evelyn we're the fortunate ones you know um yeah my wife's family lost their home and uh we have lost friends lost so family. i lost you know family that i'm really close with and it's been really tough for sure yeah yeah but you no, know, it's um it's been amazing to see the outreach from our extended Ohana mm-hmm. here on the island of Maui and from Oahu and Big Island and Holokai. It's been an unfortunate situation that brought us together in a way that is almost unimaginable. Mm. We've all lost a lot through this, you know? It's. Yeah. Lahaina is not just somewhere that's historically significant, but it's where most of us grew up and made all of our memories. And, um, you know, to, to to have made it out and to see the, for my friends that have made it out of it, every single face I see, I'm grateful to see them alive, yes. you know, it. Really tough to process everything. You know, we've been working just nonstop since um since I was able to get back home to my family, which was a whole nother story, actually, Evelyn. I mean, I was um I was in California for the surfer cross competition when this yep. all went down.
0: I remember that.
1: And yeah. so my brother and I were competing in the surfer cross. It's a dirt bike and and surf event in Southern California and my wife called uh, and she said the wind's really strong and I heard the power went out and all of a sudden her phone cut off and oh, wow. I didn't hear from my wife or baby for two days and everything I saw on the news those yeah. those following days were horrific and
0: How did you get through that? Like, how did you, I know you were with your brother, Maddie.
1: my brother and I worked together, fortunately, you know, because it was, uh, that was the hardest time of all this. Those two days or that day and a half in California from the point of, I think it was Monday or Tuesday. The wind was, the wind was strong. No, it it was Tuesday, Tuesday. All of a sudden the wind was strong and, in the morning, it was just like, oh, yeah, the wind the wind's up. And then in the afternoon, the power lines went down and all communication to the whole uh, whole west side of the island was off. And so we couldn't get a hold of family. We couldn't get a hold of friends. And all we saw online was was our entire town burning down. And so, as you can imagine, we're, we start to think about our family and, and, and hope they got out safe and hope they heard new about it. And the only person I could get a hold of through all this were my friends and family on the other side of the island who right. also didn't know what was going on. They were also cut off from from everyone else on Upper West Maui and Lahaina. And so I was able to get a hold of my my brother-in-law, actually, my my wife's brother. And, and he was in Kahului away from the Mm -hmm. fire. And and he also had no idea. He said he barely made it out of the fires alive. You know, it was like he, he was about to take a nap and decided to go for a bike ride and all of a sudden saw the neighborhood on fire. Mm -hmm. And he, he went to his neighbor's house and told them to leave. And as he, as he quickly got out of there and luckily he got Mm -hmm. out before the traffic block because you know it was unfortunately just when it all happened and went down, our, we weren't ready for it. There was no sirens. There was no communication between the government officials and the county police officers. Right. County officers on the south side by Launiupoko entering Lahaina were pushing traffic north while the county workers and police officers on the north side of Lahaina were pushing people south. And so everyone just bottlenecked into each other and we're dead stop, and that's why so many people ended up drowning that night because right. they were getting smoked out, and they they didn't know where else to go but to the ocean. Right. And and um, my auntie Paula, actually, who taught me how to swim, was was one of the lucky ones who mm. who went through all of that, stuck in traffic. Mm. Walls of fire everywhere, and she swam to the island of Lanai. Eight hours, eight hours overnight, and she said she just kept swimming because the offshore wind was carrying the smoke so thick, and so people might have made it to the water and out of the fire, but they were going unconscious from smoke.
0: That's what I heard. Yeah,
1: it was. Um, you know, it's it's. I think. When, when we were in California and stressing mm-hmm. out about it, we did everything we could to contact family. Mm-hmm. And in that process, it almost put us a step ahead because we already were able to buy radios and right. and get solar panels. And right away we started preparing and we started calling our friends that are fishermen and, and canoe paddlers and everyone we know in our World of ocean sports to be able to come together and and help our community that was locked in and and they're locked out and so by the time we landed, which was a whole adventure in itself, just getting home, you know, the whole airline of Hawaiian Airlines had no no availability. We went to the front desk and one of the aunties at the front desk recognized me and she's like, "Oh, you you're trying to go home to Lahaina, right?" And I'm like, "Yeah." She's like, "Well." I'm going to put you on this plane, but we're not supposed to. And I'm like, what the heck? I thought it was all full. And she's like, we're going to get you on this plane. We got on the plane and it's empty. Only reporters, Fox news, CNN, NBC. And here we have our whole community in the airport trying to get home.
0: Oh, wow. Yeah.
1: And so from the get go, we knew there was something off. Okay. And We got to Maui and we couldn't get to the island. You know, we were fortunate to even get to Maui. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: And we had a boat captain ready to pick us up at Ma'alaya. So we had the boat captain come and take us to to Ma'alaya. We loaded the boat. We had as much supplies ready from our friends that we could communicate with in Kahului, meet there as well with mm-hmm. essentials, food, water, generators, gasoline, anything we thought could be necessary. Right. And you no, know, we, we we started moving towards Lahaina, and it was uh, it was shocking to see just the entire town that we know flattened to no more than four inches. I can't even. And I can't even
0: imagine what you were going through in that moment, Zane.
1: And we got up to we got up to um Kahana, my hometown.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Near my wife and I's home. And at this point we came in and started hugging everybody that we saw there and we unloaded the stuff and they're like, Oh my gosh, this is this is major, bro. It's like we don't know what to do. Everybody who we know lost their home in Lahaina and moved up to Kahana and Napili away. It's like kind of bottlenecking on Upper West Maui. and, And they weren't, they weren't letting people around the North side of the Island. And so it was like, everyone was like stuck in like Upper Napili and Kahana for a few days. And the fires are still going and, we unloaded the supplies, and we, we started talking to my, my uncle, Jareth Lumlung, who, who lives there. And he already has everybody working and, and trying to get a plan going and get organized. And, and right away, my my brother and I step in to try and get an idea what's going on, how we can help, what we can do. And, you know, sure enough, communication is the biggest thing right now. Of and course. So The only way we were able to communicate is with all of our friends and family that have boats and jet skis. We all have VHF radios. And so we right away just started turning VHF radios into stationary units on land. You know, we we started ripping VHF radios out of every boat we know and... We got, we got some people that are electricians from our community to come help us. And they set up batteries and, and, and waterproof boxes and mounted the antennas to trees. And, and we ended up getting three points of communication set up between the Peely park and Kahana and, and, um, and S turns. And, and that was the first time that we were able to actually communicate with one another without actually physically having to get on our dirt bike or our, or our car and just you know do, over. do welfare checks make sure people have what they need in houses make sure people know their shelters set up make sure the the shelters are what we are liking to call the ohana stations or have mm-hmm. everything they need and, and an inventory of what they need and you know seeing <laughs> seeing my wife uh, that when we got off that first day was was really real relief you know we her, my baby and Yep. and her you know they were safe and she had her whole family living at my house and her parents are so strong and you know to, to hear them you know asking me is it okay if we can live with you wow. and I'm like, you know of course yeah. you know it's um so we've we've all opened up our doors to uh, to you know, because everyone we know has been displaced in one way everyone or another. Everyone needs a place. yeah. Whether it's our own personal space, which there is no personal space anymore. It's just Ohana space. Hmm. There's a space for everyone to hopefully feel like they're safe. And and I think the whole processing all this and the trauma of all of this hasn't really hit for most of us because we're all just trying to stay busy. and. Yeah.
0: Yeah. But you're still in the midst of the chaos. I mean, my understanding is that there was no help, you know, aside from the local Hawaiians for the first six days after the fire. Is that, uh, is I that mean, what
1: you experienced? Even, even to this point, it's, uh, everything we've tried to organize mm-hmm. uh, has been slowed down once government officials get involved in any way. I mean, we, we had, I, w- I was working with Riggs Napoleon on Oahu to load boats for supply. And for a little bit, that was like our, everything we needed, it all had to come in by boat. And still to this, even today, mm-hmm. there was traffic, there was an accident. And all of a sudden we relied, we needed to get boats, get cars to turn around head to the harbor and come, come by boat. And um, so Riggs Napoleon helped me organize with Kahiva Lani, who runs the... Mm-hmm. Oahu army station over there and Mm -hmm. they were willing to to support us. They had two vessels loaded with generators, medical supply and all kinds of important things that our community between Napili and Honokwai needed. And they got turned around by the coast guard because they didn't have clearance. And what, what Kahivalani did was she unloaded the whole load into six fishermen boats. These are locals. They're not getting paid. They're paying their own gas. This is their resources. They're sacrificing. They just okay. want to help their extended family. And, yeah. and and that's what we're seeing is like, we can't ask for help from anybody. We're just, we're just so fortunate to have such a, an amazing community that's stepping up to the plate to do everything we got to do to make sure we're going to not only survive through this, but that we could rebuild this town. And, and that's the big okay. scare now. Like, I think now on day eight today, today's day eight since all this has happened. Right. We've only just started to get a clean line of communication like starting two days ago. Um. Today we met with Archie Kalepa in Lahaina and that was mm-hmm. our first day talking with the guys in Lahaina. I mean... Wow, it's that's been, incredible. They have cell service over there, but we don't have cell service over here. And so we got uh, some radio communication and receivers and antennas donated from Paul Eman, one of our family friends that my dad works with. And mm-hmm. he, um, we're, we set up these uh, receiver lo- locations that'll pick up long range radio frequencies. And we set them high up in the mountain at a location that separates upper West Maui with Lahaina on, a, on the ridge line that kind of separates it. And so now hopefully tomorrow we'll be able to communicate with Lahaina and Upper West Maui, but right now Ground Zero in Lahaina is, you know, it's it's a toxic place to be. It's right. it's the ash and the and the dust is. I mean, my we all are feeling feeling it, you know. And yeah, sure. I, I was going back and forth into into Lahaina the first two or three days, and I just, you know, I after realizing it. after realizing there's nothing to recover and that my health is being you know potentially sacrificed, we just realized yeah. we have to we have to do what we can for the displaced people in our home community up by Kahana and Napili. It's hard to, it's hard to even talk about, you know, I haven't been doing any, um, this is the first interview I've done. I haven't, you know, I I totally understand people come been coming and going and reporters. And honestly, since that plane thing, I've been so turned away by every reporter I've seen. and, And I just tell them, we don't have time for you, you know, and, And it makes me so sad when I see people that I know in our community showing up with a camera and a few things, handing them out and then not coming back. It's like, are you really just doing that for a photo or a video? And I'm, I'm just trying to make sure the right people hear the right story and talking to Jareth Lumlung, who's my uncle at Kahana. He's, he lives in that neighborhood. That's, you know, the Kahana Ohana hub. And, um, and he you know he told you know he's been very clear with us that we have to be careful with our wordage and our verbiage when when we are having any public service announcements and um you know it's it's kind of clear that we're not accepting donations we're we're not in need of help because if that were the case, FEMA would shut us down and uh. so we are just a neighborhood, let's say, a web of five different neighborhoods, right? families helping family. And that's that's our our for the last few days, we're trying to get away from the terms shelters and hubs and stations, Smart.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: because it's attracting government officials. And they want to try and control it. And um, in a polite way, we've turned them away.
0: That's incredible.
1: It really is. uh, It's going to be hard for our community to gain trust again through the government and our county. I think the media, from what I've seen as of yesterday, we just got our Starlink set up. And I've mostly been trying to deal with sending messages and go through the thousands of messages that are mostly not super helpful right now and find the few that actually are saying, hey, we have we have arranged delivery and schedule for this, this and this. Do you need it? And so that's the hardest part right now is because it's pretty much only my myself, my brother, Uncle Jareth and a few key leaders in our community getting all communication. Everything's coming to us. The whole world knows about this at this point. Exactly. And um so the toughest part since day two or three has just been trying to get everyone to coordinate scheduled delivery and drop-offs uh with itemized an itemized uh list of what they have in the drop off so that we could prepare our workforce to categorize and distribute to the neighboring ohana stations accordingly and so it's been um it has been very organized this has not been unorganized this has not been savage this has been our neighborhood family friends we all have a skill and something to offer and we're coming together to lift each other up and we're doing a better job than the government and County is for the people who need it most in this area. And there's never any, um, we're not going to solve any problems pointing a finger because we have, we have, you know, we have eight fingers closed, you know, and Mm. we have to open up all of our hands if we want to make, a difference you know and so it's been really it's been really um the light in all this is to see how much we all love each other and how much we're all coming together and and I think for the people who do want to help we're, we're gonna need your help but but please please stand off for now understood uh, it's we're gonna need everyone. This is not a sprint race, you guys. This, I mean, this I just had gonna a, be
0: a long term rebuild.
1: Yeah. I just, I just had a meeting with Archie Kalepa, who has the Army Reserve there, and mm-hmm. we're in a meeting with all of our community leaders, and you know, this is gonna be years in the making to rebuild our our home, and and right now, we're trying to build money for lawyers and attorneys. Because we can't have our land acquired by the federal government, whether it's deemed toxic and, and unsafe to live, you know, if that happens, then they're going to try and give away our town to the government and then they'll be able to do whatever they want with it, whether it's, um, you know, and, and we want to just make sure that our hand our lands are in Hawaiian hands and that That's we right. can rebuild our foundation with better infrastructure and that our actual people of our community stay in this community because already we have families, Hawaiian blooded families
0: mm-hmm.
1: moving off island because they're getting offered deal already you have people calling us hey we'll buy your land for a great deal you should take this offer you can make a better life somewhere else take this money and and it's just so sickening yeah that there's people out there so money greedy yeah that they could be calling a displaced family and and throw waving a carrot in front of them that they can't deny yeah Within days while they're probably still in shock. And, and yeah. And, um, already we have families moving off Island and trying to, they don't want their kids to be a part of the trauma. Um, they know it's going to be years in the making. All the schools in our entire West side of the Island are closed. There's not one school anymore. But Um, isn't
0: that one of the points of. Uh, points of focus right now is getting the schools open again. I thought I saw that somewhere.
1: We we have um, our our only schools that didn't burn down Mm -hmm. are Lahaina Luna and Princess Nahiana and Maui Preparatory Academy. And right now, none of them are open and those are all kind of for older kids. And so, you know, one of the things, one of the big challenges we're going to have in the coming weeks and months is understanding the severity of what was lost
0: absolutely
1: mm-hmm. without without putting too much of a negative note out there I mean it's people are going to be upset when they find out really what's going on and that it could have been prevented and that most the deaths were of children because they were home mm-hmm. school was out last day of summer and the parents are out working
0: yeah <laughs> and there was no warning system
1: We're going to have to do something. That's my biggest goal outside of just right now. We're just trying to survive. We're just trying to keep our community together. some sort of some sort of peace, knowing they have a safe place. But my priority after after, once we have the dust settle is to be able to hopefully create a safe learning environment where kids can have um, a safe place to learn and play and play and be distracted by whatever trauma they have and be able to give them access to mentorship and, and time on the water. And, Mm -hmm. and, uh, already we've kind of organized something with our, one of our big community leaders is Crosby. Crosby ever since I was a young kid has been taking kids out, picking them up from communities that don't have rides and, doing really great things for our community and and he's stepped up to the plate big time here and, and everyone has and everyone has that unique skill set like i said and and crosby has done a great job bringing the kids together at at our napili park noho our our napili park station and every day they're trying to do soccer games and football games and frisbee and wow. you know for the adults to see the kids laughing it's um yeah it's it's a therapy in itself.
0: Of course. Mm-hmm. And it's hope.
1: Yeah, and it's hope. And I think right now our, our, our big goals for, for all those listening that want to help, we just need to be coordinated. We need to make sure that if you do want to help the areas that are most impacted, they need to make it to Kapalua Airport mm-hmm. or Upper West Maui. With a reliable source that could bring it to the Kahana Ohana or the Napili Park Ohana because our five stations between Napili and, and Kahana are, are um, like I said, family run. And when things come in, we make sure it gets to people who need it for the other shelters around which there's even shelters in kahului right now and and all over the place where they weren't as affected and and that stuff's being locked away and and being provisioned and you know and there's a lot of families here who have big families and they're being turned away because they're trying to take more than what they think's appropriate Mm. it's a long journey ahead for sure i'm looking at looking at this like a marathon and um and I'm just really grateful for for everybody that has and hasn't gotten a hold of us. We really appreciate. And um, it's been hard. We've been we've been really tough. It's been tough to get connected. So right. if you haven't heard back from us, it's just you know we we're just trying to make our way down the list of. Our necessities and needs on a day-to-day basis, which it's changing on a day-to-day basis. Mm-hmm. Um, now that we finally got some communication in play, we're able to breathe a little bit. We have we have people all set with their different their different kuleanas or responsibilities. People can stay in their lane per se. Hey Mahalo, you guys, have a nice day. You guys need anything? Oh, that's Uncle B. Okay. Love you, Uncle B. Hey, come on up. I could talk to you in a minute. I'd love to talk to you, Uncle B, boy. Yes. But yeah, no, it's uh, Evelyn. Thank you for reaching out. And I'm um, sorry. It's been hard to get a hold to, to get back and schedule this. Um, Are you kidding, you know, Zane? I mean, the first day that um that we feel like we got a little bit of um an idea of of like we got a game plan and we're all kind of now on the same page with our Upper West Maui community we have our radios and our receivers um, picking up messages Um, so now we're not running around as crazy and it's just uh, really refreshing to have a few moments yes um, to you know see our my baby and see my wife and you know for, for all of our our people out there really working on the ground it's been hard for them to take care of themselves Um, and you as well right I mean I've seen you with the nebulizer
0: over your nose and I've seen the call outs from your wife to make sure that somebody feeds you (laughs) so remember you know in order to be of service to your community you've got to take care of Zane too
1: yeah and so now it's um today was the first day that I felt comfortable to to accept something like this and to Thank take you. a moment to actually not be not be trying to coordinate and communicate and work and I think now that we are we are now to the phase where the right story needs to be told. Yes. Um and so you know when
0: you're ready you yeah. know I mean I think You know, I know that you want to cross check that with, you know, the other people that you're talking to about it, but there is such a, there is such a need for that story, you know, at some point when you feel like it's the right time. Um, I don't even know what it is, but I, I, I feel it.
1: I think, I think what we need to look at is the end goal. For sure. Is our community having a chance to rebuild as a community. And, and have a little bit of security, knowing we have better infrastructure and better foundation to prevent things like this in the future. And hopefully when we do get past all this, um, you know, we, we're that much more prepared and organized and let's hope that our county doesn't drop all their eggs in one basket for an industry that is um not supporting our residents especially these times you know we, we our entire community relies on tourism and there's there's 40 i think currently it's like uh 30 occupancy on the entire island and everything's closed on upper west maui so you know people still have mortgages coming in people still have property taxes to pay and no one's making money and that's the least of our worries when we've literally when we've lost family and then friends. But we need to know that for everyone wanting to donate, we need your help, but not right now. And we need to make sure we're organized and coordinated, putting our donations in one or a, or a small select few of funds that are really going to be able to help local families pay their property taxes, because if they don't pay their property taxes on August 20th and september of this month then they're gonna lose their property and it's terrible timing because no one no one has internet or email no one's collecting mail at all and so there's bills coming in that are getting unpaid no attention to and if those property bills property taxes are unpaid then you know their local families are losing their homes and the properties that they've had for generations. And so I think right now, short term, we're looking at that being our next big goal is like making sure that the people wanting to donate are donating to uh, reliable sources. Right. And we're going to be, we're going to be sharing that information. You guys will see it. You will okay. see it from us when we're ready. But right now, if you haven't been seeing stuff from us, it's because we've been hustling nonstop, you know, not all day, Supply boats coming in and out, categorizing, distributing, talking to the different stations by car and bike and by night loading up excess supply and distributing it to the towns that can't reach us or that don't have vehicles to reach us. And then at nighttime, when we get home, trying to respond to the hundreds of thousands of messages that are coming in, trying to find that one message that has the one thing we're looking for. You know, and yeah, it's um. So we, we're gonna need everybody's help. We're gonna we're gonna send that call for help, and and I hope that um, I hope that it's just organized into the right places so that it could be distributed properly. And I yeah. think the big goal is we need to keep we need to keep families that have been here for generations stay, staying here. Um, That's
0: the number one goal. Yeah. Lahaina hands, Lahaina lands.
1: Mm -hmm. Strong. That's why Lahaina is special. That's why we've been able to keep everybody afloat through this. Because we have amazing people in our community. and, And regardless of the Army Reserve or those guys wanting to occupy and take over, you know, we're... Regardless of these communities being in a toxic environment, people are Mm -hmm. staying in their home. You know, there was robbing and looting going on the first few days and people felt like they had to secure their property regardless of it being in an unsafe place. And now they're staying in their properties because we need to show the government that we have the desire to be here and that we want to rebuild and that we want to stay in it. course. Um, and anyway, you know, um, this has been therapeutic in a way to hear your voice and, and just talk. And, and yeah, um, we're li-
0: just, just so you know, Zane, we are listening. And, you know, the audience that we have here at, you know, the magazine is very tapped in to what's happening in Maui. And so when those, when you're ready to release those, you know, those resources, those places to send money just say the word, you know, and we'll help organize from this end to get the funding, you know, to where it needs to go. You've got, I I know due to your lack of connectivity, you don't see the other side of this, which is the world outside of Maui, the water world is like coming together like nothing I've ever seen before. There's a lot happening. So um, there's a lot of hope, uh, you know, and, and one of the things is, you know, that light that I hear is on Maui of just people coming together is actually, it's happening outside of Maui as well. So this is a powerful moment in history. And um, I just wish it wasn't on such a tragic note, but I really feel there's, there's so much that will come out of
1: this yes I, I do I do agree Evelyn I do see a light at the end of all this and, and an opportunity to rebuild stronger and more more pono in a more righteous way for, for our community and and our kamaaina. Aina and, and thank you guys all for for fe- for being a part of this and um, we are we definitely are Lahaina strong Maui strong Hawaii strong worldwide strong and I think this yes. is it's crazy to see so thank you Evelyn and um
0: Thank you, Zane. Give that give that wife of yours a hug for me.
1: Most definitely. Most definitely. All right, you guys. Aloha.
0: Aloha. We hope you enjoyed this episode of On Water. We certainly love bringing the myriad and diverse group of characters from our water community to you to share their experiences. If you enjoyed what you heard, please like, share, and subscribe to this podcast. This podcast grows out of the publication of our quarterly print magazine, Session. Session celebrates the ways in which we all, as water lovers, engage in our world's aquatic playgrounds, from surfing to foiling, kiting, stand-up paddling, and more. We encourage you to visit our website at www.session-magazine.com. We'll see you next time. Thanks for listening.